1: We're Joe O, Joe G, and Hawks are with you on a football Friday presented as always by bet and GM joining us right now the hosts of the stack of stats podcast betting analyst for Yahoo Sports Pam Maldonado on the guest slide talking some college football Pam welcome back to the show excited to chat and I'm excited for Clemson and NC State because before the year as a show we were on NC State we thought they had a chance in this conference now they got to go win this game but The thing I want to know your perspective on is is the weather in this game. How much it will affect things. Are you waiting on betting it or looking at it? Because I think that Clemson could be had throwing the football against them. But that weather, if it's really bad, how can NC State throw the ball? What do you think about this game and, and how much the weather will affect things?
0: so here's the thing when it comes to sports betting this is one game out of how many that are being played on saturday like 50 and there's a big giant hurricane situation happening why would you put yourself through the stress of trying to figure out does the weather matter does the weather not matter i'm not a weatherman so i in my opinion the the books always bake it into the line but this is a whole different dynamic and if you take weather out of the equation I would still be looking to the under on this game, um, not because of the weather, but just because of the two styles of plays. Clemson's rushing defense is pretty dang stout. Like this is a national tight end- National title contender defense, I believe, holding opponents to just two yards per carry. NC State's defense, this has been the strength of its team because the offense is a little bit lackluster, holding opponents to four and a half yards per play. And let's not forget that Clemson won this game last year, 27-21 in overtime. I would lean to Clemson, but because of the weather situation, and the line has already dropped from the total of 45 and a half to now 41 in some spots. That's just like a lot of points of value lost. There's so many other games up on the board. If if you really want to get some action, I mean, just watch it as a fan and look for other opportunities because there's plenty to choose from.
2: Well, one of those other opportunities is Pam's power play that I saw this week. <laughs> Cal, <laughs> Washington State, you, you had a good read on uh, Wazoo last week. Uh, let's see if we can do it again. So what are you thinking in this matchup?
0: I'm just this is a complete fade against Washington secondary. This defense is absolute garbage for Washington State for the Cougs. They're bottom 10 in opponent passing yards, bottom 10 in opponent completion percentage. Uh, Cal quarterback Jack Plummer. He's been pretty decent. He's been pretty good. He's coming off his best game three touchdowns, zero interceptions. And that was against a stronger defense in Arizona. Arizona is not much of a team, but you can rely on their defense to be competitive. And then uh, you have a dynamic d- offense when I'm t- when I'm talking about taking a and underdogs, I don't want you to be a one-dimensional. They can both pass, they can both run, they have a running back in uh, Jaden Ott, Jaden Ott, nearly 300 rushing yards per game. over near 300 rushing yards in the game coming off last week and wide receiver Jeremiah Hunter, he's averaging 14 and a half yards per reception. So you have a team, an offense that can ground it and throw it up in the air. Washington's secondary, man. It was awful last week against Oregon and maybe you're catching them in a look ahead spot because they got an undefeated USC team next week.
2: Yeah.
0: staying with the pac 12. What about UCLA and Washington? I mean, UCLA is one of those teams where I can't necessarily get a read on because you have uh, Dorian Thompson Robinson, one of the best quarterbacks, in my opinion, in the FBS. But their defense is terrible. It's just as bad, too. So they're always going to be in the mix because of the offense. But then you're going to let teams hang around because of that defense. Um, I would be looking to the over on this game because you have two offenses that can run it up. And UCLA's defense, it's very, very, very sub suboptimal. So I'd be looking to the over in this game.
1: Pam, Kentucky Ole Miss is an interesting game in the SEC. Kentucky up to number seven now in the country. Will Levis getting a lot of you know, hype. He might be one of the top quarterbacks picked in the NFL draft. Mel Kuyper has him second behind C.J. Stroud now. They're six-and-a-half-point underdogs in Ole Miss on Saturday. Uh, obviously, the best quarterback is on Kentucky, but Ole Miss has gotten after the quarterback. What do you think of this game?
0: So I'm actually interested in making this one of my on my betting card. Um, I'm going to finalize that thought today But the reason why I want to back Kentucky plus seven the line opened six and a half. It is now at seven That's a buy on Kentucky for one reason Ole Miss if you look at its box scores two of the three games. They're not putting up points zero points scored in one seven points scored in another if you are a favorite and you are not putting up touchdowns in the second entire second half of games. Well, where do you think the opportunity is going to come for? the underdog, to cover a seven-point spread. They definitely have the opportunity here. I know that Ole Miss passing defense has been looking pretty good, but because of it, they have been letting offenses run all over them. Now, Kentucky is not a team that runs its offense uh, on the ground, but if they are forced into a situation where they have to, they have playmakers that can get it done. But I'm very concerned about Ole Miss not scoring in the second half as a seven-point favorite. Yeah, you got to fade that spot.
2: Uh, Pam, we see it every week. Some big underdogs win in college football. Double digits, doesn't matter. They come through uh, when you're going to have a card of this size. And I I think you wrote about it this week that we have this larger sample size. So we have an idea of, you know, maybe some matchups that could be conducive to some big time upsets. What uh, what are some teams, some spots to look out for this week where you could see a, a dog pulling off the big upset?
0: you're not gonna like it <laughs> these Why? are really big. these are almost three score underdogs but i think there's an opportunity Let's go. For, i mean i'm not <laughs> saying they're gonna come out with the outright win but to keep it within a three score absolutely one of those teams is colorado plus 17 and a half at arizona who is arizona to be laying three scores this is a arizona wildcats team mm-hmm. that went one and 11 last year but Statistically speaking, Colorado has just played a very tough schedule of opponents. They lost 38 to 13 to TCU. That's a team that's top 35 in offense, top 30 in almost every category, Week two, they lost 41-10 to, to Air Force, but it's Air Force, and they're the number one rushing attack in the country and held the ball for 40 minutes. You can't play against that. And then in week three, they lost to Minnesota, 49-7, but Minnesota, in my opinion, was a Big Ten title contender coming into the season, and they're the number top two best defense in the country, and then they lost to UCLA, who we were just talking about, and they had a lot of turnovers in that game. But now you get an Arizona team that is perhaps a little inflated because they have a two win two they're two and two in the season and one of those wins was against an FCS team and you can't trust this Arizona offense they actually were a double digit uh, a three score fa- uh, three score favorite twice in the last two seasons barely mm-hmm. came out with a win in both of those and almost was upset they're zero and two against the spread um, I also like. Ah uh, scary. The Miniman UMass plus 20 against Eastern Michigan. Now I do potentially like UMass to come out with a underdog win here. Yeah, I'm gonna say it. plus 770 on the money line. It's because UMass is a run-only mm. offense, and they're actually top 30 in the country. And Eastern Michigan, they gave up five yards per carry to an FCS school, seven and a half yards per rush to Arizona State, and two hundred yards to Buffalo. And Eastern Michigan is 92nd against the run, having faced three FBS teams that are 94th or worse in rushing offense. And now you get a top 30 offense coming from UMass, but it's the quarterback that I'm really intrigued in. It's Capriati. He is a mobile quarterback. He himself has 242 rushing yards on his own. In addition to a running back in Merriweather who had in this matchup last year, Rushed for 144 yards against Eastern Michigan, and they lost 42-28. to 28. And Emu is also a team that win di- triple-digit favorites in the last two seasons. Did not cover, barely came out with the win. Another dog I wanted to ask you about is Arkansas. Can they keep it close against Alabama? No, (laughs) we, I, if you are a one dimensional offense, then you better be the best dang one dimensional offense that you have. And that is not, once you become one dimensional rush only, you become so easy to defend and it's Alabama that we're talking here. Of we have a Heisman quarterback. They're going to be able to pass it up. We saw a replay of this. We saw this in 2021 Alabama, absolutely demolished Arkansas. I expect a repeat and I don't think it's going to be competitive at all. I would leave minus 15 and a half on the road.
1: Pam Maldonado, Yahoo Sports, joining us here, talking college football this weekend. Pam, I I am fascinated by the Big 12. It just feels so wide open every week. I'm not sure what's going to happen. Last week, we watched Kansas State go to Norman, beat Oklahoma. Is this a potential letdown spot? They're at home against Texas Tech. There's something about this Texas Tech team that intrigues me. I mean, they're going for every fourth down. They're making a lot of them. Um, They're seven and a half point dogs in this game. What do you think? Texas Tech at Kansas State. Does Kansas State keep rolling, or are you worry maybe after the win last week did they let down a little bit?
0: Uh, why not look for points? We know Adrian Martinez in this Kansas State offense is very capable of putting up some points. He himself ran inside. I mean, he himself accounted for like what four rushing scores last week against Oklahoma. And Texas State is a high-powered offense uh, in the passing game. We know what we're gonna going to get. The difference between Oklahoma and Texas Tech is that um, Oklahoma definitely their defense gave up a little bit there at the end, but they were just really confused by a mobile quarterback. (laughs) But Texas Tech, I think, very much has the weapons, has the high-powered passing offense. I would be looking for – I'd lean to definitely Kansas State coming out with a win. I don't know if Texas Tech could cover, but I'd be looking to the over in this game because both of these offenses are high-powered offenses.
2: Uh, By the way, UMass, Colorado, Moneyline Parlay, 60-1. to for two teams for
0: sure. i'm not saying colorado's <laughs> gonna come out with a win. if i had to if i had okay. to pick one i would definitely say that it would be uh mass umass has a greater chance of coming mm-hmm. out with the win because they actually do oh, wow. hold a two-to-one right head-to-head record over east emu um colorado i think can definitely keep that within a one score game i but arizona still is the better team
2: okay that's eight to one on that umass one but what about uh what about in the Big Ten? I don't think there's really any exciting matchups. Uh, Purdue, Minnesota, we'll see about the quarterback with the Boilermakers. There's Michigan, Iowa. Uh, a- anything interests you in the Big Ten this week?
0: Uh, I would say maybe Penn State. It's a big 25-point favorite, but I would lay that with Penn State because this is a game for Nicholas uh, Singleton, the Penn State running back. He has two games rushing for 120 yards or more. He's averaging 9 yards per carry. Northwestern just gave up 90 rushing yards to a a back in all three FBS FBS games that they have played, including 171 to Miami, Ohio's Kazon Mosey. And now you have quarterback Sean Clifford. We know he can throw it. Eight touchdowns, one interception. He should be able to exploit this Northwestern secondary that looks better on paper, let's be honest. They're supposed to be top 60 against the pass, but all opponents that Northwestern has faced, bottom 20 in passing yards. So now you have a Penn State quarterback that can throw with a really solid running back, Nicholas Singleton. Um, This is a huge mismatch written all over it. Penn State gets it done should get it done it's Penn State but minus 25 is where I'd be looking what about Oregon State they played that physical game against USC
2: um it was an emotional loss now they're on the road at Utah another physical team in that elevation could this be a letdown spot for the Beavers
0: I'm not a big believer in letdown spots. Um, I just think that there's tough competition or there's not. And Utah is definitely a tough competition. You're talking about one of the best defenses. You're playing at Utah, which is they have one of the best against the spread at home records, not only in the Pac-12, but in the FBS. So I would expect Utah to be able to single-handedly cover. Um, I think Oregon State's defense has been pretty good, but you're talking about a mismatch in, uh, in defenses. Utah... I like Utah at home. If this was on the road, I'd consider it the underdog, uh, Oregon State, but this is at Utah, and this is their home.
1: Pam, it feels like every week we're looking for someone else to jump into the Heisman race to give us something else. To, to like Maybe it's him, maybe it's not. I mean, CJ Stroud's the favorite. and has been the whole year. You look at the top three, it hasn't changed. It's Stroud, Young, and, and Caleb Williams. If, if it's not one of those three that wins, if someone else emerges, who is your eye on? Because every week it feels like there's someone new, right? Anthony Richardson beginning of the year, now Hennon Hooker. Uh, Michael Penix had uh, a week where everyone was talking about him. If it's not one of the top three that we've talked about since the summer, who, who do you think could put themselves go, in the Heisman? Go order? ahead. Maybe Joe. Is, it ready? is it Brock Bowers? The there it is. You, you... <laughs> I love him. What, th- what do you think, Pam?
0: You know what? This is going to be a totally biased, and I know that it's not going to happen. But it, when I think of Heisman, I think of – Who are the players that excite me? Johnny Mandel, he excited me. He was exciting, a little Mm -hmm. runner all over the place. Uh, Who's going to give you the thrill? Who are you turning your TV on to watch every week? And everyone you just mentioned, None of those for me, but you know who I am watching every week is Jalen Daniels, uh, the Kansas Jayhawks quarterback. He has what? He's only thrown one interception this season. He has, maybe his stats aren't as impressive, 11 touchdowns, one interception, 71% completion. Um, But he is a runner. I mean, he's already put up 320 rushing yards of his own. In addition to his passing stats, he has four rushing scores. He is the making... It is Jalen Daniels who is making this offense for Kansas such a formidable threat inside the Big 12 and maybe not getting enough recognition because it is Kansas. But if he keeps putting up these rushing stat lines and Kansas has not only its first winning season in God knows how long, maybe makes it into a bowl game situation with head coach Lance Leipold. Why are we not talking about him? Daniels is absolutely exciting.
1: That's a fun name. I, mean, I, I see him at 30 to 1. You probably can find him even bigger uh, out there. So that, that's a fun one.
0: Even a sprinkle, Wait. even if it doesn't come to fruition, yeah. there's just no other quarterback that is putting up uh, um, the, the entertainment factor. Someone it on our that. chat has said 60 to 1 wow five dollars what the- <laughs> you have bought worse things for five dollars <laughs>
1: yeah all the time all the time pam we appreciate you hopping on have a great weekend we'll be listening and reading and we'll chat again soon pam Maldonado bat- betting analyst yahoo sports and the host of the stack of stats podcast we got more nfl to jump back into including the patriots at the packers can belichick and the patriots cover a big number that's next on the BetQL network